Hello, you're listening to the Ambition Podcast. I'm Ella Buckin, Communications and Insights Associate at AMBA. I was lucky enough to speak to Joseph Frank, the Dean of Asadi Business School. We spoke about innovation in the higher education sector and also about how Asadi Business School is leading the way in the future of teaching methods and also how business schools will have to adapt to the current climate. Here's that conversation. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Could you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your career, please? Yes, I am uh, Josep Frank. I'm the Dean of ESADE Business School uh, in Barcelona, Spain. I've been the Dean at ESADE since uh, September 2014. So, I mean, it's uh, close to six years now uh, serving as a Dean. But I've been um, at ESADE as faculty member since 1988, so it's going to be 32 years now that I am serving at this institution. I'm originally a marketing faculty member, and my area of expertise is international marketing. And um, I have been engaged uh, in a number of uh, programs in the past. I was the uh, director of the full-time MBA at the SADE back in the 90s. And later on, uh, in 2004, I designed and developed and launched uh, all the portfolio of Master of Science program uh, programs at ESADE, stepping down in 2011 to go back uh, to my faculty life uh, since I was uh, invited to become the dean in 2014. So... By an MBA reported earlier in the month that ASADI has managed to maintain its application volume. Why are some schools doing better than others in the face of COVID-19? That's a good question. I mean, uh, actually, we have experiencing uh, an increase in applications uh, during the uh, months that we have been confined. And um, probably there are several um, explanations for that. Uh, to me, one explanation can be that SADE has been quite active in responding to the crisis and being able to shift all our academic and administrative activities into a virtual environment um, literally overnight and with a quite... Uh, let's say, successful results, as we can prove by the different surveys that we've done with um, our students. A second reason might be that, you know, in times of uncertainty, people are looking um, at um, um, some institutions they can trust. And I'm saying these because uh, we have uh, observed an increase in applications and in, in uh, uh, registration, but I, I'm aware that also other top European schools have um, experienced exactly the same. So I believe that in term, again, in terms in times of uncertainty, people are looking for. Um, uh, you know, the institutions with the best uh, reputation. Um, there is a third uh, explanation, and, and that is that we were quite fast in moving all our admission system and application system online uh, before than other um, 
um, uh, other organizations like uh, GMAT or GRE were able to offer an online test. We were able to offer our own admission test online um, very soon. And that also explains um, the positive um, effect in, in applications. And uh, uh, last but not least, I believe that probably there is a situation of uncertain economic uh, forecast for the next few months. And um, probably there are people who believe that that's the right time uh, to complement their um, resumes, their, um, complete their curriculums with a master program. Uh, because, uh, you know, in the short term, uh, maybe there will not be that many job offers. And in that way, they can prepare better for the, for the future. I was reading as well that ASADI is offering its intakes additional career support services and free access to a suite of um, executive education programs post-graduation. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's offering these initiatives that um, are the key to success in business schools globally? That, that's a very good question. Uh, from the very beginning, we were um, quite concerned about the impact that, you know, having to close down the face-to-face uh, -face activities in campus, uh, the impact that these might have to our uh, participants, to our students. And our obsession has been, we do not want, you know, this generation to be seen as the worst prepared generation in our history um, because of the pandemic. So we started to offer a lot of activities like additional career support, like uh, free access to executive education program after they graduate, the possibility of coming back next year to do some elective or even some study tour. So, I mean, we have been offering all our students the possibility of complementing their uh, training with, um, uh, you know, uh, more activities and more courses and more seminars. Uh, and, of course, we have also been uh, quite creative in inventing new contents, um, especially issues related to crisis management have been, um, you know, in very high uh, demand. And, and in addition to that, uh, during the months that we have been confined, SADE has launched a series of uh, initiatives in a, uh, that have been called Stay Connected, where we have been doing uh, webinars and uh, virtual um, masterclasses uh, on uh, a number of different topics. These have been offered to all our alumni community, alumni community, also to uh, all our students and also uh, the different business partners. So we've been offering online um, our contents uh, for free in order to, uh, you know, um, make it possible that people can uh, continue their uh, learning journeys. And, and complete their trainings uh, the best way they, they can. This all sounds really positive. Um, 
you've been so you've been said you've been quite successful in taking all the programs online and doing all these initiatives how do you think these initiatives will do you think they will continue after the world kind of goes a bit back to normal and schools return to a more face-to-face type of learning Yeah, that, that's a very interesting question. Uh, you know, we are still living in an uncertainty, uh, in an uncertain situation. We do not know how uh, the world is uh, going to look like after the pandemic. Uh, but um, I'm sure that uh, we, we will not go back to our normal life um, before the pandemic if what we had before the pandemic was a normal life. Um, I think there are a number of changes that have uh, arrived uh, and are here to stay. Um, You know, um, on the one hand, uh, what I see is that in the immediate future, um, the learning methodology is going to be hybrid. It's going to be a combination of uh, virtual and face-to-face, uh, probably with different percentage, uh, with different weight, depending on the program and depending on the situation. Um, with the students in the classroom and students that will have problems for um, or still mobility restrictions. Uh, in a way, we had in our strategic plan um, the idea of moving to a hybrid model. Uh, but that was accelerated uh, literally overnight when the pandemic uh, hit all the higher education. So uh, what the pandemic has uh, brought is, uh, you know, uh, a, a swim or sink a situation for all business schools to move all the contents online. Um, and this has uh, been um, a kind of uh, a training for all of us. We've learned a lot in the past few months. And now we are using all these learnings and takeaways uh, for defining a better uh, learning solution in the future, which again is going to be hybrid, combination of virtual and face-to-face. Uh, people in class and people uh, working from a remote location outside class um, with a completely different way of what we used to have in the past. In that in that sense, we've been quite lucky because, uh, you know, um, a couple of years ago, we decided to launch our in-on programs. And, and these were... Um, um, master degrees, executive master programs that had a, um, you know, a 70% uh, virtual environment and a 30% uh, face-to-face uh, um, periods, um, especially at the start, at the end, and also in uh, strategic spots during the program. And uh, we've been quite successful in developing uh, a very interesting uh, learning methodologies and instructional design for these programs. And uh, these programs have been tremendously uh, useful for us in transitioning uh, 
to the online format uh, as an emergency uh, solution when the pandemic, uh, you know, hit us. And um, what we have done during the last few months is experimenting a lot, is uh, innovating a lot in order to find uh, learning experiences that can be delivered virtually and that are uh, as good as the um, learning experiences that we have face to face. So, um, you know, in a, in a way, we all assume that, uh, you know, online uh, or virtual courses were uh, low touch uh, and the face to face were high touch experiences. Uh, but we've b- discovered that we've been able to create learning, virtual learning solutions uh, online that, uh, uh, you know, are high touch uh, as well. We've spoken a little bit about ASADI and what maybe it aims to do in the future, but how do you think the future of business education as a sector will change in the next 10 years? Okay, uh, I mean, you know, we we are going to see, I guess, a, a, a transformation which is going to be um, even more accelerated than what we assume a few months ago. Uh, I, I guess we can identify four main uh, waves of change. The, the first one is is the digital disruption, and the democratization of access to knowledge. Um, You know, it's not changing just higher education. The whole corporate world has been changed due to the pandemic and and digital disruption has happened in all industries. So especially in higher education, uh, this digital disruption has to be even more, um, you know, uh, uh, one of the issues that we have to deal with. Uh, the, the, the second point, the second wave of change is the, that the job market is probably evolving faster than the traditional education system. Today, companies require profiles with a more multidisciplinary approach, more transversal, uh, more tech-oriented competencies, and um, also, which are able to respond faster to crisis situations, um, which means that all these competencies are competencies that probably were not at the beginning in our uh, uh, programs, but we had to put them in our programs, and 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 we will uh, keep them in our programs because this is what the companies require. The third. The third point uh, to me is that, uh, you know, students are looking for innovative educational experience, experiences that are more, which are different from the traditional business education. Um, People working from different locations in teams, working on projects, on real projects, uh, looking for uh, solutions that have to be uh, found uh, faster, which are more um, 
transversal, which are more multidisciplinary in, in the approach, uh, more hands-on experiences. Experiential learning is the name of the game here. And, and the last point is, is that, of course, globalization is, uh, is, uh, is not um, going to stop due to the pandemic. Probably the mobility of students has been affected, but um, we still need to combine people from different nationalities in a classroom, maybe not physical, yes, uh, uh, you know, virtual, and, um, and they have to be able to work together and to negotiate and to, you know, prepare uh, projects. Um, um, so, I mean, uh, COVID has not affected us in, in the way that we are, it's not going to, you know, make uh, higher education um, more local uh, again, not to reverse the trend of globalization, but we will need to understand the trend of globalization in a different way. Uh, and probably this is not, you know, uh, sending students uh, back and forth to, for a long period of time, but, uh, but being able to work um, internationally and um, and being able to uh, to work with people from different countries. Uh, probably a, a, another another point here would be here that um, people are looking also for specific uh, um, learnings for micro credentials for short and flexible uh, programs that can provide them with, uh, um, uh, you know. Uh, pieces of knowledge that they need to complement their skills and their competences. Um, so we are going to see a combination of uh, probably long programs which are aimed to transform an individual um, with um, shorter programs, more specific programs that are going to complement specific skills or competencies or uh, helping them to fill the gap uh, that they might have in some in some uh, learning. Um, so those are the, the changes that I see in the future of, of uh, higher education. You described some pretty fundamental changes there, and I was just wondering how you saw accreditation body bodies such as AMBA and BG being able to help business schools in this process of change. Of course, if we, if companies are changing, and if business schools are changing, um, also accreditation bodies uh, have to change, and have to help the schools uh, change in, in in this process. Um, you know, we are living um, a, a, a transformation. People are also changing their mindsets. Uh, business models, as we know, as we knew them in the past, uh, are also being transformed. Um, societies are changing. We are changing the way we work, the way we relate with each other. Um, so, uh, as business schools, we have to rethink everything that we are doing. And, 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 and the positive thing is that we have uh, here a, a tremendous opportunity to 
tremendous opportunity to innovate and to lead the way towards um, a different um, educational model in, in the future. So here accreditation bodies uh, believe that they have to, of course, uh, adapt their standards. Uh, uh, and, 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 and if accreditation body want, want, wants to be, if an accreditation body wants to be, uh, you know, one of the leading player in, in the industry, um, they have to define uh, new standards. They have to see what, uh, you know, our participants and our um, companies um, are needing. And, uh, and of course, uh, adapting, um, adapting uh, the accreditation processes. Uh, um, of course, there is a, a huge opportunity here. Uh, also to innovate uh, on the way we conduct accreditations. We've seen in the last few months, I've been able to participate in some accreditation visits which have been done virtually, something that we were not used to. And I have to say I'm quite satisfied with the experiences that I have had so so far. And, um, and um, we've been able to conduct... Um, Accreditations, uh, you know, with without the need of physically going to visit the school, probably we will need to have uh, these uh, visits to school in the next future. But there are lots of uh, procedures and lots of uh, quality issues and quality controls that can be checked in a different way. And of course, uh, I think that uh, accreditation uh, standards have to reward innovation. Um, they have to reward business schools, you know, trying to do different things, trying to change the curriculums, trying to change the contents, trying to change the, the way the students work together. And... Um, and this requires a continuous adaptation from the accreditation bodies. Well, thank you so much for speaking to me today. It's been really interesting. Thanks to you. Thank you so much to Joseph for being on the podcast today. I think he has some really good insights into what the future of business education will look like. If you'd like more about leadership, go to www.associationofmbas.com forward slash ambition and also make sure to listen out for the next Ambition podcast.